This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where I'll be talking with Alan Stein, Jr. He's an experienced keynote speaker, coach, and author with a passion for helping business leaders change behaviors. We'll be talking about the dynamics of peak performance, the essence of a winner's mindset, and how effective leadership skills can be honed through specific habits and mental frameworks. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm a leadership and career development expert for engineers. I'm the author of the book, The Intentional Engineer. You can find more information about me at jeff And this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast brought to you by EMI, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode today. I have the pleasure to have with me Alan Stein, Jr. Alan, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Uh, So great to be with you. Now, Alan, for a guy who today we're talking to a group of engineers, you probably have an atypical background. So I'd love to hear about your career journey, some of the places you've been, and how we're going to bring this to bear and make this relevant to our audience today. I love that. And that is definitely the goal. My, my only reason for being here is to add as much value to you and your audience as I can, and, and certainly want to make sure it's both relevant and practical. And, and I probably am fairly unique to other guests you've had because most of my background was spent in elite level basketball. Uh, I was a fairly decent player in the 90s, but was able to play at Elon College down in North Carolina. And when I graduated from Elon in the late 90s, I decided to become a basketball performance coach and, and focus heavily on helping players improve their strength, conditioning, athleticism, and mindset. And was able to do that for almost 20 years, primarily at the youth and high school level, but was able to work with some very renowned players when they were in high school, the most notable of which is Kevin Durant, which allowed me opportunities to work for Jordan Brand and Nike Basketball and USA Basketball. And in 2017, I made the very distinct pivot to leave the basketball world and become a corporate keynote speaker, which is what I'm currently doing. And I take all of the lessons and the strategies and the principles and the mindsets and the disciplines that I learned from basketball's best players and coaches And I teach folks, including engineers, how to apply those to their business and their life. And that's that's something I'm incredibly passionate about doing. Well, this is fun. I grew up in Utah, so I'm a Utah Jazz fan. They're having kind of a rough year. So maybe if you can talk to them and see how you can help them, that would be great uh, from my uh, selfish side. But um, kind of in the rebuilding phase uh, for those who are Jazz and and NBA fans. But I want to talk about all these things you're talking about where you've applied them in the sports world and trying to get athletes to peak performance and certainly leader, you know, team leaders and on the players or, or the coaches, they need to be able to lead the team. How do you now apply those in the corporate setting where you're applying that now? And, and for us as individuals, how do we think about, well, I'm not maybe an elite athlete, but how do I, so, so what does this have to do with me? I focus more on general principles. You know, I'm a big believer that the the principles of high performance or the principles of effective leadership or the principles of building a winning culture or the principles of effective communication 
they, they have no boundaries. These are principles with very high utility. So while you don't need to have uh, the, the same athleticism or shooting mechanics of a Steph Curry, you can still apply the same principles that he's used to become world-class as a basketball player. You can apply those to being world-class really in any area of your life. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about my work, uh, it's not just our professional vocation that we should be aiming to level up, but this also applies to you know being husbands and wives, being mothers and fathers, you know, being leaders in our community. You know, I, I want to help folks improve not only professionally but personally, and not only individually but organizationally. So I, I teach and I speak in general principles that really can be applied to any area of life. And I, I know that you know first and foremost because all of the things that I preach and I teach. I live and I model those in my own life. So everything I share on page or I share on stage, I apply to my own life in every area of my life. Yeah, I love it. And so, Alan, I want to get into these principles and, and and so we can apply them, but I'd love to maybe have you set the stage and maybe there's a story of a, of a person or a group or a team that you've worked with that you can talk about. What is this transformation going from where they're at to the type of improved performance and, and living better at work and at home and all these different areas that maybe illustrates the type of shift that we're talking about trying to help people make here? Well, the story I'll share is really kind of the, now the epicenter and the foundation of everything that I, I do believe and everything that I preach. Uh, and that was in 2007. I had a chance to meet Kobe Bryant for the first time. Um, I was asked to work the, the 2007 Nike Skills Academy, and Nike brought in the top high school and college players from around the country for a really intense three-day minicamp uh, with the best player in the world. And, and for anybody watching or listening that doesn't follow basketball as closely as I do, just know that in 2007, Kobe was the best player in the game. And I, I had a chance to watch one of his really early morning private workouts, and I remember as a younger coach being kind of blown away at the fact that he was just drilling down on the fundamentals of the game, uh, on the basics, you know, here the best player in the world is, and he's doing stuff that I had done with, with middle school and high school age players. Now this was Kobe Bryant. So, you know, his, his level of focus and his level of, of discipline and his level of energy and effort. I mean, those were unparalleled, but the actual stuff he was doing was very basic. And when I had a conversation with him later that day at camp and asked why a player at his level would be doing such fundamental drills, uh, he said something that changed my life forever. He said the reason he was the best player in the world was because he never got bored with the basics. And this concept of never getting bored with the fundamentals, as I said before, now makes up the foundation to which everything that, that I believe exists. And I think what's the first step for any of us, personally or professionally, individually or organizationally, is, is to get clarity on what are the basics or the fundamentals that we need to work towards mastery of to become world-class at our craft. And if you can get clarity on that, and then you can work relentlessly during the unseen hours to work towards mastery of those basics and those fundamentals, then you're, you're providing yourself a path to being a high performer and to being a high achiever. So, you know, in the game of basketball, the, the fundamentals are pretty obvious. It's shooting and passing and rebounding and defending and handling the ball. Well, in any area of life, you know, and I'll leave it to you and the engineers that are watching and listening to figure out what are the exact basics and fundamentals that engineers need to work on to really excel in their craft and then find a way to practice those things every single day. And if you do, you, you'll provide yourself an incredibly sturdy and sound foundation to which, you know, there, there's no limit to that peak. 
So identify those basics and don't get bored with them. Keep working on them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can we can all try and have some of the the focus and intensity of, of Kobe Bryant that we can apply in, in some ways. All right, Alan, I love that story about Kobe and this idea of never being bored with the basics is something that we can all do and just identifying and getting that clarity around what are the basics for me and my profession and my world and in my family or whatever else that I care about, what are those basics? And let's really get down to the fundamentals. No, I know beyond that, like you work so much with this idea of peak performance where you're working with athletes and now we're, we're applying this in other ways. What are some things that you find are some of those common traits and principles for people who are trying to get to their highest levels of elite performance in whatever area that they're working on that really kind of set apart the, the best from the rest? Well, in addition to not getting bored with the basics, there's two more I'll add, and they're they're kind of all inextricably linked. The next is earning the right to be confident in your craft, and you earn that by working towards mastery of the basics during the unseen hours. So you, you earn the right to be confident, but you still brush that with a massive stroke of humility. And, mm-hmm. and it's this blend of confidence and humility is what allows us to perform at our, our best level, because when we have the humility, we acknowledge that we're still open to feedback. We acknowledge that we're still open to coaching and teaching and other people's input. We have a a student first mentality. But most importantly, when we're open and humble, we never forget that no matter how good we get, we can still get better. And and if you work relentlessly on your craft during the unseen hours, you, you earn the right to be confident, but you stay open to coaching, you stay open to feedback, you keep a student, a beginner's mind, you know, and then you know that no matter how good you are, you can continue to get better. That's the perfect recipe. And then to pin on top of that, kind of the third pillar is learning how to really engage and trust and respect the process. You know, we live in an outcome-based society, and I understand how important goals are, how important outcomes and results are. They're very important. But it's been my experience, having worked with, worked alongside, and worked for some of the highest performers in basketball and business, that the, the best way to achieve the outcomes that you want is by sticking to the process. It is, is having a clear-cut goal, but taking your eyes off of the goal and putting on, on what's right in front of you. You know, what, what do I need to do this month to inch me closer to my year-end goal? What do I need to do this week to get closer? What do I need to do today? What do I need to do right now in this hour that can inch me and my team closer to our goal. And when you can have that level of precision focused on the work and on the process and on the day to day, then it's just a matter of what we call stacking bricks. You know, the the best analogy I can think of the process is if you're ever tasked with building a brick wall, don't spend too much time worrying about the wall. Instead, put all of your focus on laying each brick exactly where it needs to go. Because if you can lay each brick exactly where it needs to go with care and precision, inevitably the wall will just take care of itself. So the key to success is not worrying about the wall. The key to success is laying perfect bricks. Yeah, I love it. And and just to think about that, like, you know, what's important this this month, this week, today, you know, right in this moment, there's an acronym that I sometimes uh, like to, to think about for myself and sometimes I'll work with clients is WIN. What's important now? You know, and so winning is a theme for a lot of your work, obviously in sports, but sometimes we're applying to what does winning mean in, in the professional, the corporate world, when maybe there's not a clear scoreboard 
we're not necessarily against an opponent, but we're still trying to take on this idea of how can I personally be a winner? How can we as a team, how can we as an organization be a winner? So what's that mindset that you're, we're trying to work with and that you work with people on trying to take that winning mentality, that winning mindset that individuals or teams can take to, to be their best? I'm so glad you shared that. Such an insightful point. You bring up something that, that really is important, and that is in sport, like basketball, that's what's called a finite game. You know, there's a distinct start, a distinct stop, and we have all around the globe unanimously agreed that the team with the most points on the scoreboard when the final buzzer goes off is the winner. But as you just said so insightfully, and I'm so glad you went in this direction, uh, in business, it's a little more esoteric. It's a little more evergreen. You know, we may have a, a distinct start and stop to our year or to our quarter, um, but generally speaking, business is, is evergreen and constantly flows. And we also haven't as clearly defined winning. So, so business is what's called an infinite game. Now, if we were to poll 100 engineers that are listening to this show right now and ask them what winning looks like in their business, we would probably hear some overlap and some common themes, but I promise you we would not hear 100 identical answers. Because every group is a little bit different on what they value, on what their mission is, their vision, their core values. You know, obviously profitability is important in a for-profit business, but there's so many moving parts. So as you just said so perfectly, the very first thing we all need to do with ourselves and within our organization is to define exactly what winning looks like to us. What is winning for our team? And then how can we put everyone on our team in the right position, in the right role, so that they can make a maximum contribution to helping us collectively achieve that goal. And that it's each individual's responsibility within their role to figure out exactly what they need to do this month, this week, this hour to inch their team closer to hitting that goal. And the organizations that do that at a very high level and have that level of collaboration and cohesiveness are the ones that over-index and, and outperform. Yeah, so some of the same principles like we were talking about earlier when we are talking about never getting bored with the basics, but we need to get that clarity on what those basics are for us. And then as a team and as an organization, we can define and get the clarity on what does winning look like for us so that we can move the, the pieces and put people in positions to succeed individually and collectively when we're doing that. Because because exactly. business, like sports, is a team sport, right? Like we all need to be working and collaborating together. To, to make this happen. Now, I imagine along the way, though, even if we define what winning looks like or get those basics individually and collectively, we can sort of like get distracted or, or lose track of what we're really moving towards. So how do we think about this idea of refocusing when we might kind of lose our way? Oh, yeah. We, we all have to readily acknowledge that distraction is simply a part of life, you know, as we enter 2024. And a good portion of the distractions that all of us face or on those digital devices that most people choose to be tethered to 24-7. So, you know, I'm a big systems and processes guy. You know, I believe that I need to create the type of environment that is in alignment with what I'm trying to achieve. So at the very first step, if my goal is to increase my focus, then I want to make sure that I create a work environment and systems and processes in my life that are aligned with that, that, you know, are going to reduce distractions. So very first thing, like right now, you and your listeners have my 100% undivided attention. Uh, my phone is turned off and it's upside down. I don't have any other windows on my browser open. I don't have the TV going. I'm not folding laundry. Like you and your audience have and deserve my undivided attention. 
but I've also created an environment where I don't have things beeping and clicking and going off where I can, can do that to a higher rate. So some of it has to do with our environment and this ability to, to quickly refocus the lens. Now, for anyone listening right now, if you happen to be taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. Awareness is always the first step to improvement in any area of our life. And the reason I know that for a fact is you'll never improve something consistently that you're unaware of, and you'll never fix something that you're oblivious to. So the key to improving your focus is having an awareness of when you're unfocused. You need to have a conscious awareness of when you're distracted, of when your mind wanders, of when you're not in the present moment. Because once you have that awareness, then you can course correct and you can zoom back in to the present moment. And we've all experienced that. We've all been in a conversation with someone and one of them is kind of staring at their phone where they might be with you in the physical, but mentally and emotionally, they're not present. You know, they are being distracted right now. And and I don't say any of that with any judgment or criticism. It's just simply, we have to be aware of the fact that we're not giving someone or something our full undivided attention. So we need to, to again, have systems and processes to keep us in check when we're not in the moment. And I love that you like the acronym WIN. I first heard that from Lou Holtz, the former football coach at Notre Dame. He said that uh, in a video I saw probably 15 years ago, and I live by that same acronym WIN, what's important now. And for me, that's a recalibration tool I use dozens of times a day. You know, I take a beat, I take a breath, and I ask myself, in this moment, am I choosing to give my attention to what I believe is most deserving of it in the moment? Now, right now, we've already established that you and your audience are absolutely most deserving of it, so you have my full attention. But later this evening, when I take my kids to dinner, they deserve my full attention in that moment, and if, will I be giving it to them? And, and certainly the goal is yes. So there are certain little things we can do to increase the chance that we can refocus the lens on what we consider important so that we can W-I-N. Yeah, no, that's great. And and so that that principle of like, we need to be aware, not just aware of, you know, what, where our focus is. Absolutely. That's what we were kind of applying it to there, but becoming aware of any of those limitations. I've had some big realizations of some things that sometimes it's a feedback session or some other conversations with, with people that like, they shared some things that I was unaware of now. And we can look at those opportunities as, as things like, oh man, like I suck. Like look at, you know, all the things I was working. You, you can do that. Or we can look at those as, hey, now I know where I can improve and I can do something with this now where previously I was unaware, I was unconscious of that. So now I can do something. It's an opportunity to, to learn and grow. And that sort of leads me into where I'd love to take the conversation here is is often we, we make mistakes. There, there are problems in the sports world. We think about, you know, you kind of go from play to play. Uh, in basketball, maybe you cause a turnover or you, you get blocked or something like that. It doesn't go quite like you're you're looking at. And so you can stay in your head like, oh, man, like I screwed up that, that time or whatever. But, you know, I, I've heard a lo- number of coaches, and, and, and I think this is part of, of your approach as well, is thinking about the next play. Just focus on the next thing. What do I do now? How do we take this concept? Maybe you can explain it in a little more detail for us and how we can apply it personally and professionally. I gladly do that. And it is a a massive portion of my kind of life's operating system and philosophy. But before I do that, I just want to double back on something you said before, because I don't want us to gloss over it. You said something really powerful and really meaningful and really insightful. And that is choosing to view 
a new awareness, say from a previous blind spot as a gift, as an opportunity. We should be thankful to have people in our life that care enough about us to help us see our blind spots. People that hold us accountable to a high standard of excellence. People that care enough to give us honest feedback. You know, they don't just tell us the things we want to hear. They tell us the things we need to hear. And if we can learn to lower our natural inclination to be defensive and to deflect and to make excuses, if we can lower that and say, man, I am so thankful that Jeff shared that with me. You know, he let me see something that I was unaware of. I now have a much broader perspective and I'll be better off for it. So when we can learn to view feedback and honesty and accountability and, and the exposing of blind spots as a gift, wow, that's like rocket fuel to improvement. Now, yeah. with that, Sinit, I'm so glad you brought up Next Play because uh, Next Play was something I leaned on heavily when I was in the basketball space because they literally needed to move to the next play. You know, if, right. if a player turned it over, all right, next play. All right, he missed the layup. Next play. I know the referee didn't blow the whistle. It happens. Next play. But it also applies to our, our business lives and to our personal lives. And the reason it's so powerful is we have to acknowledge that the play that just happened, whether it was literally a turnover or a missed layup or or maybe a missed sales call or maybe a, a, a disappointing conversation with a, a coworker, we have to realize that that is now in the past. It's in the rearview mirror. It's behind us. It's unchangeable. The only thing we can do is move forward in the present moment. So what, what I encourage folks to do is when something happens that, that maybe is not your preference, let's quickly refocus the lens on the next play. See, any emotional, mental, or physical energy you waste on something that's in the past that is unchangeable means you don't have that energy to invest in the present moment where you can still make a difference. And that's the key to high performance is being able to get all of your faculties in alignment in that present moment, you know, because in order to win the moment, you have to be in the moment. Now, with that said, I will couch it with, there is a time to go back and reflect. There is a time to go back and debrief. You know, that's why basketball teams watch film after the game so they can go back and say, well, why did Jeff turn the ball over? Why did he miss that layup? You know, so there's a time to go back and learn from our mistakes, but that time is rarely right now in the moment. You know, if, if you have a series of, of meetings or calls with your team, you know, and one of them doesn't go your way, you got to try not to drag that energy into the next one. You can go back again and debrief later and figure out what went wrong or where things went off the rails, but it's very rarely in that moment. So for me, uh, I must say to myself, next play several times over and over. And I will say this, and, and I'm doing this in the spirit of, of transparency and vulnerability. I know your team is going to do such a seamless, remarkable job of editing this, this interview, but you and I had some technical glitches earlier in the right. interview and, and that happens. No big deal. I'm so proud of the fact that both of us were able to quickly just move to the next play. And if I wouldn't have brought it up, I doubt your listeners would even know the difference. So we had a, a slight technical issue, which wasn't either of our preference, but we didn't allow that to undermine our conversation. I'm enjoying this part of the conversation every bit as much as I was when we first started because you and I had the, the mental agility, if you will, to just say, let's move to the next play. Yeah, I love it. And, and I love like, yes, there is a, there is a moment in time in a, in a basketball game that, that could be after the game or even in a timeout, you can say, hey, that didn't work this, this last time. We can make a quick adjustment and do this a little bit differently the next time. And, and that's totally cool. But, but, you know, looking at how can I, move forward 
right now because i i've seen it in in so many ways where someone makes any sort of mistake personally or professionally and they just sit in that and that means that it doesn't just you know mess with that that moment in time where there was a mistake that happened but it continues to influence the the actions that they take and and the results they're going to get and influences them and everyone around them for that time like they're still back there in their time and they in that time in their mind instead of saying okay can't change that like you're talking about what can i do differently as i move forward it's such a powerful concept and so if any of our listeners want to apply that to what's the you know it doesn't have to be a play but what's the next meeting what's the next conversation what's the next engineering design what's the next piece of analysis i want to do apply it to whatever you whatever your context is that's totally fine you know we're just using the the sports analogy but apply it to your context what's the next uh, time that you get to to be with your family and friends that you care about and that can allow you to to make the most of those moments so such a powerful concept and i and i love it and and it's kind of reinvigorating me a little bit in our conversation too which is fun so yeah alan this well, is a bit say, oh go ahead i was gonna say i'm so glad that you 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 drew it back in and connected it directly to the engineering world i mean as i i told you before we hit record uh, my goal is to always share things um from a broad scope you know principles of high utility and then it's up to each and every one of us to, to narrow that down to our specific industry, to narrow it down to our specific vocation and our craft and even to our business and to our role. So it's all kind of a filtering system. And, and this next play mentality has some of the highest utility of any of the principles that I teach. I mean, I have seen folks young and old, you know, in a, a wide swath of, of different vocations be able to apply this. And, you know, it's the reason that a guy like Steph Curry, who I had a chance to work with years ago, you know, it's a reason, one of the reasons that he's the best shooter on the planet. Now, yes, he has unbelievable shooting mechanics and form and great hand-eye coordination and balance. And he has put in more reps during the unseen hours than arguably anyone on the, the planet. But another reason that he is so good is because he has this next play, or in his case, next shot mentality. You know, it doesn't happen very often, but Steph can miss the first five shots of a game and he doesn't allow the first five misses to have any impact on his sixth shot. He shoots that sixth shot with the same confidence and optimism as if he had made his first five. He's able to use what we call a whiteboard memory. It's as if you put those five misses on the whiteboard and you just erase them. They're now gone. And he's he's starting from a blank slate each time he shoots the ball. And, and that's where I think all of us can apply that to any area of our life. You know, if your morning doesn't go the way that you'd prefer, that doesn't mean you have to have a crappy afternoon. You know, you're able to move to the next play. It'll only be a crappy afternoon if you keep dragging that baggage from the morning into the afternoon. So uh, whether you're, you know, in a position of leadership or not, whether you're in any vocation, the ability to move to that next play is vital. No, it's it's so great and so powerful, whatever that that play is for you. So, Alan, this has been such a conversation so far. I wish we could keep this going, but at this point, we're going to transition over to the Take Action Today segment. When we come back, we'll get one final piece of actionable advice for you, the listeners. We'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Alan, we've talked about a number of different principles from next play to never getting bored with the basics and all these kind of sports analogies, but how we can apply those to, to ourselves. 
as we end off here, what's this final piece of action that you would recommend our listeners do so that they can get to that higher level of performance and success that they might want to apply into their context as, as engineers and professionals and, and any other areas of their life that they're working on? Well, I don't know how many people are listening to this via audio or if anyone will see the video, but if you're watching it video, you'll see the sign above my head says success simplified. And that's kind of a, a, a mantra for me because I've always believed that complexity undermines execution. So at my current age of almost 50 years old, I'm trying to make everything in my life as simplified as possible. So this actionable step is very simple, very basic, very fundamental, but it's incredibly powerful. What I want each person uh, listening or watching to do is try to get crystal clear on the person that you want to become. It could be a year from now, five years from now. Let's just even say 20 years from now. That's the lens at which I'll look. So I'm 48 years old. I am crystal clear on the man I want to be 20 years from now. I want the 68-year-old Alan to be physically, mentally, and emotionally fit. I want the 68-year-old Alan to have strong, deep, meaningful connections with his children, family, and friends. I want the 68-year-old Alan at that time to be doing work he considers meaningful and in service of others, making a contribution to other people's lives. Well, here's how I use this. I try to make sure that as many decisions that I make, both large and small, personal and professional, every day of my life are in alignment with becoming that person. From what I watch on Netflix to what I eat for breakfast to who I follow on Instagram, I try to make sure those decisions are in alignment with becoming that person when I'm, I'm 68 years old. And, and if I can do that consistently, and I don't need to do it perfectly, I just want to do it consistently. If I can do that, then in essence, what I'm doing is I'm designing my own future. I'm designing the 68-year-old Alan by the decisions that I make in the present. But here's the best part. I'm not delaying anything. This is not a, I'll be happy when... So I, at present, at 48 years old, this is the most physically, mentally, and emotionally fit I've ever been. I do have a strong, deep, connected relationship with my children, family, and friends, and I am presently doing work that I consider meaningful and in service of others, and I'm making a contribution. So I'm reaping the benefits in the present because that's when I'm making those decisions, but I'm also securing my future by the decisions I make today. Yeah. And what I love about this process that you're talking about, it's like this idea of becoming who we're meant to become, but but at the same time, it, it influences who we are and how we act today. And that's such a the beautiful process and also ties back to one of the principles you talked about earlier. Like, yeah, we want to have those goals, but let's detach a little bit from them and focus on the process and those results, those outcomes that we're looking for, the, the right things are going to be inevitable when we put the right effort into things today and right now. So Alan, such fabulous principles and reminders for all of us to take. And, and I know I've taken a lot from this. Um, I'm sure there's going to be people who want to connect with you, find you uh, and, and your work. Where would you point them to if they want to learn more? Well, this was a lot of fun for me. You do a masterful job. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, folks, make sure that you know if you're listening to this, you, you subscribe and you share the episode uh, as a fellow podcast host. I know how much work goes into this uh, behind the scenes. And, and yeah, so please make sure you support this show. Um, my website is alansteinjr.com and that's kind of the hub of everything that I have going on. Uh, if anyone is interested uh, in any of my speaking programs, my keynotes or workshops, you can find that at uh, alansteinjr.com. I'm very accessible and responsive on social media 
at Alan Stein Jr. Uh, on Twitter. I guess we're calling it X now uh, on Instagram and on LinkedIn, which is where Jeff and I connected. Um, just shoot me a DM if there was any part of this conversation that resonated or you want to share something or if you want to ask a question. Uh, and then lastly, I do have two books, uh, Raise Your Game, High Performance Secrets from the Best of the Best and Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation and Beat Burnout. You can find both of those books on Amazon or Audible or any major book retailer. Uh, but this was a lot of fun, man. You do an awesome job. And uh, yeah, I hope your audience found this as valuable as I did. Thank you. Thank you. This is so much fun and uh, wishing you nothing but continued success. Thanks so much for being with us and sharing your, your insights here. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources or websites that we mentioned in the episode. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars for this month at the website as well. Additionally, for any engineers who feel like they need extra help taking the next career step or finding clarity in their careers, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com or you can go grab my career clarity checklist found at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash career clarity. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors.